Another great way to round out the week here on Lockdown Bearcats. He's back, the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated, John Garcia Jr. And oh boy, do we have a lot to get to today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Our Lockdown Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day, especially on today, Earth Day, April 22nd of 2022. I'm Alex Frank, joined by John Garcia, Jr., the Director of Recruiting for Football at Sports Illustrated. John, welcome back. I feel like we have some news to talk about. The four-star running back transfer committing to Cincinnati earlier this week. Corey Kiner, what's your immediate reaction to that, John? Immediately, Alex, it just kind of makes sense, right? I mean, Cincinnati kid, born and raised in the city, uh, obviously a, a great high school player in Ohio, one of the most prolific running backs we've ever covered coming out of that great football state was Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. So the Bearcat, you know, homecoming makes a lot of sense, uh, especially considering where he went, right? He went to LSU. The last year under Ed Orgeron, he did play as a true freshman running back and and had some success over four yards per carry, but naturally a coaching change there in Baton Rouge and and the school was active in the transfer portal. So the running back room, very, very crowded down in Baton Rouge. So naturally, I believe that he started to look out and and reach out to other schools and obviously hit the portal Uh, in Cincinnati, I'm sure was one of the first schools to get in contact with him because not even 24 hours went by between him announcing intentions to hit the portal and him announcing a verbal commitment back home with the Cincinnati Bearcats. So this is a huge get for UC. Uh, They've had success in the portal with running backs before, obviously Jerome Ford coming from Alabama. So I think it kind of redistributes that cycle that, hey, Cincinnati is a legitimate destination even when they don't win the recruitment out of high school. But to, to bring a Cincinnati kid back home, I think will be uh, a a move with heavy fanfare and a move that will have a lot of eyes on it going forward. So curious to see how it works out for Corey, but obviously uh, I'm sure he's excited to be home. Um, What does this say? Because I know we talked about this last week about the Bearcats um, looking to recruit further West, particularly down in Texas. But this is John, a landing, a commit West of the Mississippi. Most of your big 12 teams are in that area. So what does this say about the Bearcats being able to recruit, whether it be a player who's still in high school, whether it's be a player in the transfer portal at a powerhouse like LSU? What does it say about them being able to land players from those schools at the caliber that Kiner is? Well, optically, it looks strong, right? I mean, this is this is like you said, uh, this was an SI 99 recruit, uh, Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. So regardless of which college he went to, getting back to Cincinnati uh, plays very well uh, in the optics department uh, and, and coming from LSU, you know, a, a national champ from just a few years ago, certainly looks good optically uh, for UC coming off of, of their own college football playoff berth. Uh, I just think it's another reminder, like, hey, Cincinnati is going to be in contention for top high schoolers and top transfer portal candidates going forward. And I think as it moves forward into that Big 12 footprint, now, all of a sudden, you can play more with, with kids from the state of Texas uh, and, and well beyond, maybe even more into Florida with, with UCF joining as well. So it's 
it's really uh, just another feather in the cap for Luke Fickle. Uh, and it just kind of makes sense, right? Jerome Ford has moved on. There is obviously going to be relative inexperience in the running back room. Uh, so naturally, uh, Cincinnati was probably in the market in general for a running back. And it just so happened that a Cincinnati native popped in the portal. So it kind of fell in their lap. But obviously, every good recruiter still has to close, even if it is a kid born in Cincinnati, even if it is a kid that is long familiar with your program like Kiner is. What do you remember about the initial push by Cincinnati when they were recruiting Kiner back in 2020? Because obviously, because the recruiting department here in Cincinnati did a fantastic job of trying everything they could to get Kiner to come, whether it be pictures you see on social media of Kiner in a UC Bearcats uniform with Evan Prater, another hometown commits. What do you remember, John, about that process before Kiner initially committed to LSU? UC was right there. Uh, it, it was really beyond LSU. We, we heard a little bit of Notre Dame uh, and UC. I mean, those are really the schools that we we heard about with him uh, coming out of the high school ranks. And even after he verbally committed to LSU, there was a brief moment in time where we were starting to hear some chatter about Cincinnati maybe getting a flip of his high school verbal commitment. So this is something that has been in the works for literally multiple years. Uh, and, and it's something that obviously came to fruition uh, a couple years later. And I think that's another important lesson to track as we look at, at the, the transfer portal, which is, of course, so important in college football. You know, winning the recruitment in high school, obviously ideal, right? That's where you want to be. But you always got to keep a, a little side note of those schools that finish two and three for these high school kids, because when they do hit the portal, inevitably, those are the type of colleges and college coaches that they're going to revert back to. So I think also, it notes the stability there at Cincinnati where he could make a decision in such short order, again, less than 24 hours before uh, he, or after he announced he was hitting the portal, he was already saying, Hey, you know, I'm going back home to UC. Did you, did you think when he announced he was transferring that Cincinnati would be one of those landing spots? Because I, I saw him enter the transfer portal and I'm like, Is Cincinnati really going to get him. And not only did they actually get him, John, it was less than 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, just unbelievable timing here. And, and usually that means there's a bit of a plan, right? You, you, you're not supposed to hit the portal without a plan, although some kids do it. Uh, but clearly, Corey had an idea of what he wanted to do once he announced his intentions to leave Louisiana State. Uh, and look, I'm sure other schools reached out. You know, once you are officially in that portal, uh, it's kind of a free-for-all. So you understand if, if some other schools said, hey, you know, I know you like Cincinnati. Why don't you come here and take a visit first? None of that happened. So it almost plays like it was predetermined, like, hey, if I hit the portal out of LSU, like I'm going back home to Cincinnati. So uh, it worked out. And, and again, credit to Cincinnati at that point because, you know, you, you could have been, you know, theoretically moved on. You could have really been focused on the group that you currently have on campus. But the mark of a great head coach is always looking to improve his roster, regardless of, of strengths, uh, even if the running back room looks good in, in the post-Jerome Ford era. What does this say about the running back room now for Cincinnati? Because you look at the players that they have, Charles McClellan, obviously now Corey Kiner, Ethan Wright, Miles Montgomery, Ryan Montgomery, a bunch of young stars with oozing potential, and then a veteran, Charles McClellan, who's just looking to stay healthy, but we know what he can do when on the field. John, what do you see? How do you see the Sparecats running room stack up with the other running back rooms around the country? 
Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing about McClellan, right? You just want to see how healthy he can be as, as a veteran returner on that roster. Uh, so I think you've got a, a lot of leadership. You've got a lot of stability with that room, uh, but, but a lot of untapped potential beyond McClellan. And now Kiner throws himself into that room, and, and, and you see some diversity, which is what you want at every position, right? You want options that are flexible regardless of your scheme. And as your scheme evolves – you, you want to have some depth there and, and some variety in terms of the skill set of the players. So I think Kiner provides balance to that group. You know, he's much more of a, of a throwback running back, 5'10", 215 or so, extremely balanced, great vision, compact player who can run behind his pads, but also has good top end speed and feel. The, the instincts with Corey are off the charts. That's why he was, was an SI99 running back for us. He was one of the, the freaks of the weeks that, that we name every single week during the high school seasons. I think he had like seven touchdowns in one game. I mean, this is as productive and consistent a back as you could have hoped for in the transfer portal. So throwing him into the mix with the McClellan and other guys who are maybe a little bit more comfortable in space, which is a little bit more of that Cincinnati trademark, I think provides nice balance as you want to establish a run game. Because you're not just replacing Jerome Ford. You're replacing Desmond Ritter, right? So this entire offense is going to have a different feel. So if you can have a reliable run game to bring along whichever quarterback wins the job, it helps you that much more, especially in September and October. And I felt good about the running back room because of that, helping bring along whoever takes over at quarterback. And now you had a four-star transfer, John. I definitely feel even more better about this running back room. Uh, coming up, I'm going to ask John Garcia Jr., our guest today. You can follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore Jr. If this commit is starting to bridge the gap in talent between Cincinnati and Ohio State, it was a major talking point that my guest on yesterday's show, Russ Heltman from AllBearCouts.com and Sports Illustrated. Also, John, he brought up this, so I'm going to ask you about it here coming up. But first, I need to tell our listeners about Bill Bar. This is that time of year that – I have pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. Spoiler alert, I never made any New Year's resolutions. But this year, I'm sticking to my goal of eating, right, thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? Well, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best-tasting bars. They're the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Those are going to be your new favorite. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So what you can do, go to build.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now time for a big announcement. Starting next Thursday, April 28th, tune in to Lockdown NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Lockdown's NFL Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week. Leading up to the first pick, Locked on NFL Draft Live will be on the Locked on NFL Draft YouTube page next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, while Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be on the Odyssey and Locked on NFL Draft podcast feeds all through this week and next Monday. John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated, the Director of Football Recruiting. He's a college football recruiting analyst, 
and he joins and he's joining me here today on Lockdown Bearcats. Follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore Junior. So, John, you know, I know, and anyone listening to this show knows that the Bearcats for the so long have lived in the shadows of Ohio State. And let me tell you, it pisses me off. Okay. Because <laughs> since because I, I see so much Ohio State gear around Cincinnati. Now, my cousin goes to Ohio State. I respect them. But John, this transfer, Corey Kiner, this is a Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. And he chose to go to Cincinnati, not Ohio State. So does this start to bridge the gap in talent between the two schools? It at least starts the conversation. And I think if, if you're Cincinnati, that's where you want to be. And and it's kind of the right time for it, right? I mean, on field, uh, you know, Cincinnati record-wise has been at or better than the pace Ohio State has been at over the last few years. And obviously, in 2021, Cincinnati had a better on-field product, no matter how you measure it, than Ohio State did. Now, is that sustainable? How long will that perception of the gap starting to close a little bit how long will that hold? Will the move to the Big 12 enhance that? Uh, will, will transfers like this start to remind folks that there are two major programs in, in the state of Ohio? Possibly. You know, I, I don't know if any one recruit can do that. But when you start to look at the optics, again, going back to my original point, Alex, the optics look really good here, right? It's, it's the right time for Cincinnati to rebuild and splash with big names. And in Ohio, in high school football over the last three, four, five years, Corey Kiner is among the biggest names to, to roll through the the, the Buckeye State, right? Uh, and Evan Prater's another one, right? So, I mean, they, they've been able to collect notable Ohioans over Ohio State. Now, do the Buckeyes recruit more nationally? Yes. Do they have a bigger reach at particular positions? Wide receiver, maybe running back, defensive back? Yes, I do believe that is true. But – where you start to reverse that perception is locally. Uh, and Ohio State has to recruit their home state every single cycle with relative depth. So if Cincinnati is able to compete in that regard, they can start peeling off wins left and right and then start to work to close the gap elsewhere, out of state, at quarterback, at certain different positions that really carry much more uh, uh, perception than maybe a running back would. But again, optically pulling someone from the SEC West pulling someone who was Mr. Ohio at a position that, you know, is really important to both schools' success, right? Both schools run a spread that wants to establish the run game first. Optically looks really good for Cincinnati, and I do think this is one more step in that direction. You know, when would we even know if the gap has been entirely closed? We, we might not ever know when, but, again, we do know when a step has been taken. And on the field, Cincinnati did it last year. And now in recruiting, they're starting to splash the right way. Well, it feels like forever ago that Ohio State smashed Cincinnati uh, in Columbus 42 to nothing. And you look at who Cincinnati has landed in commits since then, Evan Prater, Corey Kiner, and just yesterday, John Braden Moore, three-star corner out of Baden High School. Where? From Cincinnati, of course. Local high school commit. John, what does that give the Bearcats? Uh, first off, their cornerback room, which is going to undergo a major makeover this year, but this is also another member, seventh member of the 2023 class, which just so happens to be the first Big 12 recruiting class for the Bearcats. So what are your thoughts on Braden Moore and what he can bring to the Bearcats? Yeah, and that's an interesting sell, right, Alex? This is the first group that will be like, hey, this is a Big 12 
class. I mean, it's, I haven't even really talked about it like that. So I, I appreciate you giving me the, the layup there uh, because, yeah, it's a different sell for UC. And I think as they get outside of the region, that will be more prevalent. But, of course, this is an in-state get. Uh, anytime you can splash in the secondary, it's a very big deal. You know, the state of Ohio football uh, is rock solid, right? You're going to be well coached. So when you bring in position-specific players that really IQ has to be on par with that physical gift, right? Quarterback, left tackle, center, defensive end, linebacker, corner in particular, you you just expect the guy who's going to be a little bit more ready to jump in and play sooner rather than later. So I think Moore is a nice pickup for UC. As you mentioned, that class is starting to build now, getting close to double digits. And, and that's kind of a rarity, Alex. A lot of these programs in 2023 are, are going a little bit slower than Cincinnati on the recruiting trail. So building that class from a volume perspective uh, and a local perspective is always a good thing. So another good get. Uh, we would like to dive into his tape a little bit more going forward. But, uh, you know, it's easy to see why UC is able to be very consistent on the recruiting trail, particularly in state. You know, you kind of know what you're getting. And like I said last time I was on with you, that stability uh, with Luke Vickle is something that few programs can sell at this point. And it's becoming more important in the decision-making process with these recruits. I, I, I sound like a broken record, but like what a time to be associated with the Cincinnati Bearcats, player, coach, fan, alumni, which I happen to be both a fan and an alum of the university, because they're landing all these recruits locally. They're going to the Big 12. They just became the first ever group of five school to make the college football playoff. And oh, by the way, I mean, they play in a city that right now is a football town, contrary to what those who think it's still a baseball town. I don't really think that. But, I mean, did you foresee, because I asked Russ this question yesterday, like did you foresee, what, five years ago, when the Bearcats were 4-8 and eight, in the depths of irrelevancy of the American Athletic Conference, did you foresee them going on this recruiting rampage to – become the best group of five school, which that's great in of itself. But then they're like, no, we're not done. We want to be in the college football playoff. I mean, think about all those doubters out there, John. But did you foresee this five years ago after a four and eight season, you had a head coach who was, you know, he he brought in a lot of good things, toughness. He was going to be transparent. He was going to be, you know, no nonsense. He was, you know, nose to the grindstone, said all the right things. Did you foresee this rampage of five years of excellent recruiting and results on the field? No, I'd be lying, Alex, if I said, yeah, of course I saw that when they were four and eight, that in a few years they'd be in the playoff. I mean, I think that that would be a little naive of me, but you have to build. And I think that's that's where Luke Fickle gets uh, a lot of his credit because he dug his heels in uh, and, and really started to build this Cincinnati brand, and you did it in different ways, right? Yes, you have splashed with Ohio recruits. I mean, that is that has been covered and, and will continue to be covered. You've also splashed with the transfers, right? I think consistently, but I think the key part is the third element of roster building. You've developed, you know, you have picked up players. I mean, look at Sauce Gardner, right? I mean, this was not a national recruit. This is someone that had to be developed into possibly the number one corner in college football, uh, and you did that too. So you, you can sell, hey, come here and play immediately. You can sell, hey, come transfer here. But now you could also sell, hey, you know, these schools didn't want you. You can still come here and have a lot of success if you buy in and develop over the long haul with Cincinnati Bearcat football. So you you can sell a player 
on all three avenues and now pair that with on-field success that has literally never happened at the group of five level as you begin to transition into the power five level. And, and like you said, what a time for Cincinnati to be able to do this. Um, I, I think you have to strike while the iron's hot. And this 23 class has to be maybe the best one that Fickle has brought in. I do think there is some pressure there, but I also think that he's built to handle said pressure and the class is off to a nice start so far. Well, certainly the iron's hot right now and it's as hot as it's ever been for the Bearcats football program. John will be, uh, I'm going to ask you when, uh, after this uh, next sponsor live, I'm going to ask you about what, how surreal is it to have both a four-star quarterback and running back in your backfield potentially, because we, again, there's a quarterback battle that needs to be settled, but Corey Kiner, could this impact the quarterback battle? We'll touch on that here in a minute, but I need to tell our listeners about betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are great so far, and the start of the Major League Baseball season, which the Reds, eh, not so great. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. How how special of a time is this at Cincinnati? Well, Corey Kiner's transfer to Cincinnati from LSU could mean that the Bearcats have their starting quarterback and starting running back when they take the field in Fayetteville on September 3rd as four-star recruits. John Garcia, Jr., the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated, he's also a college football recruiting analyst, is on the show today. You can follow him on Twitter, at John Garcia underscore Jr. So, John, I'm going to ask you, just how surreal would that be for the Cincinnati Bearcats? As I just mentioned, and you just talked about, five years ago, they were, you know, no one really even knew about them. No one even really talked about the higher of Luke Fickle, even though locally we knew it was a good hire. We just didn't know how great it was going to be. So how surreal is it that now in 2022, when the Bearcats take the field on September 3rd, you can have your starting quarterback and your starting running back both be four-star recruits. Just wow. Yeah, I mean, how many Power 5 teams uh, can, can say that? Certainly the ones at the very top, you would imagine, can say that. But the, the second, even the third tier of Power 5 programs – won't be able to boast something optically as strong as what Cincinnati uh, might do if, if Prater and, and Piner win their position-specific jobs. And, and again, optically that helps, especially when they're both local kids, right? They're both in-state, Mr. Football kind of kids at, at such positions that receive that type of attention and receive that type of notoriety at quarterback and running back respectively. Uh, and I think the, the skill sets can complement one another. You know, I think uh, if Prater wins the gig, you could probably see a little bit more design quarterback runs. And what you do to counter that naturally is, is a no-nonsense north-south kind of running back like a Corey Kiner to threaten the interior of the defense uh, with those mesh points on, on, in the RPO game. So I do think those skill sets can complement one another. But again, optically here, and, and, and again, Perception so important in college football and in recruiting, maybe even more so in recruiting, you know, that's going to look about as good as, as you could hope for uh, as any group of five programmer. Or again, like I said, the, the bottom half of the power five, you're talking 30 plus schools won't be able to trot out two blue chip recruits at those two important positions. So fascinating. And just, again, another 
another check mark for UC on, on this uh, this ascent that is is maybe still still in, in the process. Uh, to quote Luke Fickle, the train's not slowing down. So <laughs> it's only going to keep on going. Okay, so that's a great point, John, because you mentioned the bottom of the Power Five. So Luke Fickle, and I think we hit on this last week, Luke Fickle has had job offers from over the years the following schools. Or not necessarily job offers, but has been rumored to be a candidate for these jobs. Boston College, Michigan State, USC, Florida. And yet, he's still here going into year six. So we talk about the Bearcats and this ascent they've been on. You know, you have to have some things go your way. You have to have breaks go your way. One of those is Luke Fickle staying through all of these opportunities for him to leave. And I think when he didn't take Notre Dame, that said, okay, this guy's staying for a long time. Do you agree? I do. I do. I mean, I know every Bearcat fan's wondering if, you know, all the Ryan Day to the NFL rumors popped in, how Luke would handle that one, because I do think that's a bit of a different offer than a potential Notre Dame offer. But, yeah, look, I mean, these are a lot of name brands that you mentioned, Notre Dame, Florida, USC. My goodness, you can recruit wherever you want at those programs. And obviously Michigan State has had a lot of success there as well. So it says a ton about what what he's wanting to build. And, and he's not only withstood those offers to stay, but he's withstood a lot of transition underneath him, right? When you build a good program, your assistants become targets as well. We've obviously seen Marcus Freeman ascend to the head coach of, of Notre Dame and, and other assistant coaches get plucked from UC uh, time and time again. So he's also withstood that ability to identify great coaches and then re-identify more great coaches to bring them in uh, to replace the ones that that have left for for bigger gigs. And, and I think that's another mark of a great coach because you have to deal with attrition, not only with your team, not only with graduation and the NFL draft, but even with your assistant coaches. So it really goes both ways for Luke Fickle. And, and like you said, uh, going into year six, if, if he says the train's not rolling, it's hard not to, or not done rolling, I should say, really hard not to believe him at this point. Although the name recognition of Cincinnati is going to be more with him this year than, than I think in years past because of all the attrition that is happening on the field. No Desmond Ritter, uh, no Kobe Bryant, no Sauce Gardner. I mean, there's a lot, Jerome Ford, there's a lot of great players that, that have moved on after doing all they could for, for the school and for the black and red. So I do, I do wonder how that's going to look in 2022. But again, the mark of a good program is maintaining that stability, even as you transition away from, from players that really are defined uh, right, right along with, with the best that have ever played at that school. Do you think the do you think a college football program, the face of the program, is the head coach or is the player? Because you bring up a great point that Luke Fick, that Cincinnati, the success they have this year is going to be because of Luke Fickle's coaching. But you mentioned that that's because you look at Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant. I mean, all the other great players from last year's team that you're going to hear their name called next Thursday in the NFL draft, next weekend, I should say, in the NFL draft. Do you think that the face of a college football program is more the head coach because? Players come and go. You and I both know that. But can the face of a program be a player like Desmond Ritter? Was he the face of the program last year? I think it was probably close between Ritter and, and Fickle. I think certainly this year it will be Fickle, but it's usually the coach because there's there's just more stability there. You know, most players can, can only play three or four years and, and then they move on in one way, shape, or form. It's got to be a real – generational talent to, to be the face of a program. I think of like a Lamar Jackson at Louisville 
an RG3 at Baylor. I think those guys were the faces of their programs, also because those programs aren't, you know, associated with winning at the highest level on their own. The, the higher you go on the pedestal, Nick Saban, Alabama, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson, you know, those are the – even Ryan Day, Ohio State, those are the programs that are associated with the head coaches and the faces of the program are often those head coaches. I think Kirby Smart of Georgia certainly in that conversation as well. It's really hard for a player to even be in that conversation. But I do think Ritter was there, which is, which is a little rare relative to the success that UC has had. Like I said, it's, it's usually your Lamar Jackson types who are, all, who are great players on okay teams more so than uh, great teams that, that happen to have great players. Go back to um, what you said about assistant coaches and then moving on to be head coaches. Marcus Freeman is one of them. Mike Denbrock's now the offensive coordinator at LSU. But early on in Luke Fickle's tenure, John, like Mike Denbrock stayed five years. Marcus Freeman stayed four years. Brian Mason stayed five years. So your three main coordinators and your three top assistant coaches stayed. What does that say about the culture Luke Fickle has established for his coaches and what does it say about about them staying as not head coaches, but assistant coaches about the culture here in Cincinnati and what they can do? It's just not easy to leave it. It's it's stable. It's comfortable. It's successful. Um, and, and you look at where those guys left towards, you're talking big-time programs with opportunities and almost a pathway, in, in Marcus Freeman's case, to, to be a head coach elsewhere. You know, I think those are, those are what you want to see. You know, if you're a Cincinnati Bearcat fan, you should be rooting for Marcus Freeman at, at Notre Dame because it, it reflects ultimately on Luke Fickle and, and what he's built and what Cincinnati has built as a whole. You know, you don't root for them, I guess, when they play you, which is uh, assuming that's going to happen at some point. But you root for them in general because it is a reflection of Luke Fickle. And then years down the road, like they talk about the Nick Saban tree and the Kirby Smart tree and the Dabo Sweeney tree, they'll be talking about the Luke Fickle tree of coaches that have come out of that program and had success elsewhere. So that is another marker of not only success, but long-term stability. And that's something that we're kind of on the fringe with, with Cincinnati, but so far so good. And I am definitely rooting for Marcus Freeman because what he did for the university, because he's attached to Luke Fickle. I mean, you go back to his days when Marcus Freeman played for him at Ohio State, and now they, they then they coach together at Cincinnati. When you, so I am without question rooting for Marcus Freeman to have immense success up in Notre Dame. I think the players up there have bought into him. That's a question, though, for another day. I'm going to ask you this. Um, does Kiner's commit put more pressure on the Bearcats to get the starting quarterback job right it does, and, and I've got to run after this one, Alex. But, yeah, it, it absolutely puts pressure uh, on Cincinnati, you know, because it's just another national recruit. It's another big name. Again, Mr. Football in the state of Ohio says a lot because we know what kind of football comes in Ohio. That is a top six or seven football state in this great football country. So it does put a lot of pressure to nail the quarterback the uh, position and, and nail the, the situation, the distribution with the running back position as well. It's going to put onus on all those other running backs just as much as it will on Kiner, who's obviously going to arrive after spring football, which probably puts him behind the eight ball just a little bit. So we're going to find out a lot about these guys, both physically and certainly mentally, as they look to pick up this offense and, and how these coaches decide to to jump in with uh, with making this depth chart. 
He's John Garcia Jr. You can follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior, director of football recruiting and college football recruiting analyst for Sports Illustrated. His weekly appearance on Lockdown Bearcats. John, thank you as always so much for your time. I know you got to run to another interview with one of our colleagues here at the College Channel at the Lockdown Podcast Network. John, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you sometime next week. Take care, Alex. John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. Always great conversation with him. Been a great week here on Lockdown Bearcats. Next week, we head into draft week. Working on some potential guests for the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nine Bearcats potentially will hear their name called next week. I also have the privilege of being part of our draft coverage on Saturday with Lockdown NFL Draft Live. So that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. And uh, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day and every day this week and every week. Now go make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, Lockdown Bearcats on YouTube, to subscribe. And you can also like this video and share a comment. If you're downloading from audio, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to like, share, comment, and give it a rating. All of this helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the NBA playoff action. Reds are playing the Cardinals. If you want to go to the game, you might be able to get some cheap tickets to, that, to those games. Uh, or you can go watch the Bearcats baseball team take on USF. That would probably be a much better expenditure of your time but anyway have a great week and enjoy the beautiful weather i'm alex frank for lockdown bearcats happy earth day and i will talk to you all next week